Man, can we give it up for Kendrick and Allison one more time? That was, um, I don't know if they can still hear us, that was absolutely, um, that was powerful. We could leave and go home now and it would be an incredible night. Well, hey, my name is Beth and I am on staff here at the living room and I am so excited to be with you guys tonight. And tonight we are in our last part of the series we've been in called Home. And as I've been thinking about this series, it has made me think about the places that I have called home or the places that I still call home. And there has been a lot for me. So the very first place I ever called home was Charlotte. Um, This is a more recent picture. That's the Charlotte skyline if you have never been to Charlotte. But I grew up in Charlotte, spent 18 years of my life there. It is the place that probably holds the most memories for me because it is where I have spent the longest amount of time. I know the roads like the back of my hand, like it, it is where a lot of my memories are. It's where I went to elementary school, middle school, high school. So there is a lot held there, but it's not the only place that I've called home. I've also called uh, Winthrop, which was where I went to college in South Carolina. These are the pictures with my best friends from college. Now, as we go through these pictures, it's going to be really hard to start to point me out because if you're not figuring out yet, I'm the one with the really bright red hair. Um, I've changed my hair a lot throughout my life. Um, This was not my better choice. I thought it was at the time. This was also around college graduation. So all my graduation pictures, I have super bright red hair. This same night, I had just gotten a haircut. I had just gotten my bangs done and they looked awesome. But then this was when like straight across bangs were really trending. And so one of our friends was like, I could cut them for you. And I said, okay. And she did the day before graduation and they were very crooked and it did not go well. So now in all of my graduation pictures from college, I have bright red hair um, and I have my bangs like pinned back super tight to keep them up there because they were so short. It's pretty bad. Terrible, terrible decision. So as we go along, you can just play the game of where's best because it's going to be hard harder to find me as we go along. But these are my three best friends from college. Um, We graduated from college in 2012, and we still have a group text that we text in every single day. I actually had like five texts from them when I came up here. When I come off, there's probably going to be like 20 because it's just constant conversation. So college for me was home. It was probably the first place that I felt like I made my own home, where I had a dorm room that I could make my own. Um, I grew up being a pastor's daughter, and so I was always associated as being the pastor's daughter. I was always Keith's daughter, and I had an older brother, so I was always Daniel's sister. So I never felt like I had my own identity. So college was the first place where I felt like I was able to do that. And then I spent one summer interning at a camp called Big Stuff. And actually, fun fact, in college, me and Matt interned at this camp together. So up in the right corner is baby Matt. And way down here in the middle, with different hair again, is baby Beth. (laughs) So this was in 2010. And I only spent two months at this camp, but it maybe felt more like home than any place I had ever been. It was because I was surrounded by all these people that I felt like just got me. They just knew me really well. We were all there for a common goal. We were around each other 24-7 for two months. And I ended up working at this camp for a few years after college as my first job after college. But to this day, when I walk through the doors of Big Stuff, it still feels like home. And then most recently... I've called Atlanta home, and this is one of my roommates, Courtney. She's one of my absolute best friends, but Atlanta is where I've called home for the past five years, and Atlanta is really the place where I became an adult. I feel like it's the place where I've really become who I am, where I've really started to figure out who I am. It's the place where I've started to put down roots. It's the place that I love and I hope to call home for a really long time. 
And then probably the most weird one, I don't even have a picture of it because I've never been there, but this is a picture of um, a dot on the map of Norman, Oklahoma. Is anyone in the room from Oklahoma? Exactly. Who, like, it is the most random state of all. Nobody wants to move there. Nobody is ever from there. But last month, my parents moved from Charlotte, North Carolina to Norman, Oklahoma, because my dad took a new pastor position at a church in Norman, Oklahoma. And I've never been there. I've never visited. I've never seen it. But it was something about the fact that once my parents moved there, it all of a sudden felt like home because that's where my family is. And even a couple weeks ago, I was buying a plane ticket for Christmas to go see them, which I've never had to do before. It was a really weird experience to have to buy a plane ticket for Christmas. But I even found myself saying, I'm buying a plane ticket home for Christmas. But it's not my home. It's my parents' home. But them just being there makes it feel like home. And so I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of places that I call home. I've realized that home is not just where my house is. It's not just where my stuff is. It's not just where my school is. It's not just where my job is. That home, actually, this cheesy phrase that we've probably all heard tons and tons of time is actually true, that home is where the heart is. That home is actually where the heart is. And there's a piece of my heart in Charlotte. There's a piece of my heart at Winthrop. There's a piece of my heart at Big Stuff. There's a piece of my heart here in Atlanta. And there's a piece of my heart in Norman, Oklahoma, even though I've never been there. That home is where the heart is. And even more than that, I think home is where my belonging is. Home is where my acceptance is. Home is where my connection is. And ultimately, home is where the heart is because home is where our heart is apart. That home is where our heart is a part of something. That when you feel accepted, when you feel belonging, when you feel connection, when your heart is engaged in something, your heart is a part of it and it begins to feel like home. And I think that this even begins to explain the idea of homesickness. And it really, homesickness, you don't miss a home. When you think about homesickness, it's not typically missing a physical thing. When you are homesick, you're missing your people. It's really, you're, you're missing your heart being a part of something. Your heart is longing for something. Your heart is away from the very things that your heart feels connected to. That when you feel homesick, you're probably missing your connection. You're missing your sense of belonging. You're missing your acceptance. You're missing the thing that your heart is a part of and that your heart is engaged in. And I think that's why it makes so much sense that as a college student, for maybe the first few weeks, the first few months, maybe even the first half or longer of your college experience, you feel homesick. And it's probably not because you're just missing your physical home or you're just missing your physical town. You're probably missing the sense of belonging, the sense of connection, the sense of feeling like your heart is a part of something. And I think for a lot of us, that begins to change when we get connected to something. And so for a lot of people in the room, it's getting connected to a sorority or a fraternity. In a sorority or fraternity, just the language alone creates a sense of family, creates a sense of belonging, it creates a sense of a home that you have your brothers and your sisters that are surrounding you and that are, that are with you. And then for maybe some of you, you went to college and you were already a part of a team. Maybe you played football or softball or basketball or something else that you were a part of. 
Or maybe you didn't start on a team, but you ended up joining an intramural team. You got involved in some sort of team. And I would bet that for most of us in the room, we remember what it's like to be a part of a team, even if we're not a part of one now. There's a constant camaraderie. You win as a team, you lose as a team. You are part of something greater together. There is a natural connection, a natural bond that happens when you are a part of a team. And maybe for some of you, it was getting involved in some sort of club. You found something on campus that you loved and you decided to get plugged into it. You decided to get involved in it and you were able to rally around a common goal, rally around something together and it made you feel connected. It made you feel bonded. It gave you that sense of belonging. And then maybe for others of you, it was when you finally found that really solid group of friends that when you finally found your people, when you finally found those, those people on your college that you felt connected to, that you felt bonded with, that you felt like you could finally for once let your guard down and actually be yourself. And it's crazy that each one of these in their own way have the ability to take a place that can feel massive, take a place that can feel really big, take a place that's really large and maybe a place that's really unknown and all of a sudden start to make it feel like home. Starts to make it feel a little bit smaller, starts to make it feel a little bit more like you, starts to make it feel a little bit more personal. It's because every single one of these have somehow in some way engaged your heart that it either gave you a group of people, it gave you a common cause, it gave you a common goal, that there's something in that that ended up engaging your heart and made your heart become a part of where you were and made your heart become a part of what you were doing and all of a sudden it began to feel like home. And now here at the living room, we have a tagline that we want this to be a home away from home that we would hope that while you are in Atlanta, that you would feel the sense of connection, that you would feel a sense of belonging, that you would begin to feel like this place was your home. But my guess would be that in a room this size, there are some of you that would say, yeah, this, this is my home. This feels like home. And then I would guess that there are others of you that would say, I so desperately want this place to be my home because I just want something to feel like home. And then my guess is that there are others of you who would say, I'm really skeptical of the idea that church could ever feel like home. Maybe you've had a really bad experience with church. Maybe what you have grown up with, grew up in never felt safe. You never felt connected. You never felt like you belonged. Or maybe you're just new to this whole thing in general. And so the idea of a church in a place like this feeling like home just feels foreign. But our hope is that it would be your home to the point where we have made it our tagline that this would be your home away from home. And so for every single one of us, what does it look like to begin to make this place our home? And we've talked a lot in this series about what we hope this place would be, what we think home looks like. But for a lot of you, we want to talk tonight about what it would look like to actually begin to get your heart to be a part of what's happening here, to actually begin to engage your heart. So this isn't just a place that you show up to, but this is actually a place that you would begin to call your home. And so how do you do that? How do you begin to engage your heart? How do you begin to get your heart to be a part of what's happening here? Well, tonight I want to look at scripture in 2 Corinthians. It was written by Paul to the church at Corinth. And he starts off with this idea. He says this. He says, remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this is a pretty, like, duh, standard idea. Like, we all get this. We all get that what we put in is what we're going to get out. So about two weeks ago, I decided that I would start working out and I would start getting in shape. I was like, all right, well, it's September. Like, I have like eight, nine months to get my summer bod ready. So that's like should be plenty of time. So I started this two weeks ago. Guess how many times I worked out in two weeks? Once. I worked out one time. It was the first day. And I was like, this is really miserable. Like, it was hard and I was tired. I had this plan where I was like, my nights are too busy. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to work out. I made it one morning. I woke up at 5.30 and I was like, I'm going to throw up and I haven't even worked out yet. Like, this is absolutely miserable. So I've worked out one time. And um, yesterday for lunch, dinner, I don't know, I went to McDonald's and I ate two cheeseburgers and fries and Dr. Pepper. And I'm not really ashamed about it. It was very good. Like, it was very good. I can't remember the last time I ate McDonald's, but it was like, it was worth, I was shocked actually at how good it was, but it was delicious. And then as I was writing this talk, I thought, gosh, like, this is me. I'm like, I'm sewing very sparingly when it comes to actually getting my summer bod in eight to nine months. I'm like, if I continue doing what I'm doing now, I'm going to look worse in eight to nine months than I currently do. Like, it's not going well for me, but this is true. Where I'm like, you know, if I would actually get some discipline, if I would actually maybe just wake up early three to four days a week, like, I don't think I have to do anything crazy. Like, if I would actually just do 30 minutes of activity every day, I bet in eight to nine months, I would at least look a little bit different, or at least the same as I do now. It certainly wouldn't get worse. But this idea is true that what we put in is what we're going to get out, and we know that this principle is true of life, but I think that this principle is also true here. It's true in the context of this place, And that in order for our heart to be engaged, in order for our heart to be connected, in order for our heart to be a part of what's happening here, we're going to have to be able to choose to put something in. And so Paul continues and he says this. He said, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so Paul begins to set up the idea that, hey, your heart and giving are connected. They're not separate. Like they actually go together that when you begin to give, it connects your heart. And now this giving, I'm not talking about financial giving. This is not gonna be a talk where I'm like, great, now we're gonna pass buckets. Everyone pull out your money and give. That's how you get your heart engaged. That's how you become involved. No, that's not what we're talking about at all. I'm talking about actually giving something of yourself that in order to engage your heart, it's going to require you giving something. And we know that this is true because if you think back to what it took to become a part of something, to feel belonging, to feel acceptance when you were in college, joining a sorority or fraternity, you didn't just join it, it actually took giving something of yourself. That when you're a part of a sorority or fraternity, there's a common cause that you're rallying around. And you're giving your time and you're giving your attention and you're giving your resources to that common need. You you are giving And as you give, it begins to engage your heart and it makes your heart a part of what you're doing. And the same is true of a team. You're not just on a team, you're giving something to that team. You're committed to workouts. You're committed to sacrificing yourself to make the team better because you don't ever want it to be on you for why you lost. So you are giving yourself, you are giving something to that team. 
The same is true of a club. You're giving of your time, you're giving of your resources, you're giving of your ideas. And the same is true when it comes to your group of friends, that when you have a really solid group of friends, you're always looking out for each other. You're always looking out for each other's best interest. And aren't those the best types of friends, the ones who are loyal and selfless? They're the ones who give. They're the ones who show up. They're the ones who act. They're the ones that give of themselves. And so really the big idea of all this is that this, for this home to become your home, your heart can't be apart. And your heart can't be apart. Your heart will be apart if you're not going to choose to give something to this place. That if you don't choose to give something, if you don't choose to somehow give of yourself, this place is never actually going to feel like a home. And now Paul told us, he said, hey, choose in your heart what it is that you're going to have to give. And really my challenge to all of us would be that I think for every single one of us that no matter what it is that we're going to choose to give, no matter how it is that we're going to show up here, I think it's going to choose to be giving some of our comfort. Then in order for our heart to be a part of what's happening here, it's probably going to choose, we're going to have to probably give up some of our comfort. There's going to be something that we're going to have to choose to step out of our comfort zone in order to give. We're probably going to have to step out on a limb. We're probably going to have to have a conversation that we weren't planning on having. We're going to have to invite someone that we're maybe nervous about inviting, that we're going to have to choose to give up some of our comfort. Second, I think we're going to have to choose to give our time. I think anything worth doing Anything worth being involved in, you know this, it takes up your time. It takes up your time to even be here tonight. But you guys are choosing to do it. And so we have said that we want this to be a home away from home, but we think that in order for it to become your home, in order for it to actually be a home away from home, we're each going to have to choose to give something. And if we were to come every week and just sit in these rows, I think you would benefit a ton I think you would get a lot out of it. I think that you would learn a lot, but I don't think that you would be getting everything out of it that you could if you didn't choose to somehow give in another way. And so throughout this series, we have talked about multiple ways that we believe that this place can be a home, multiple things that we want this place to be about. And I think tonight, the choice for all of us is to choose which one of those areas we're actually going to take a step to give of our comfort and to give of our time in order to engage in one of those areas. And so in the first week, we said that we wanted this place to be a place that was filled with illogical, extravagant love. Because we believe that Jesus was full of illogical and extravagant love. And so we want to be a place that is full of illogical and extravagant love. And so what would it look like for you to engage your heart in loving others? What would it look like for you to engage yourself in loving the people that come here? How many of you at some point came to Living Room for the first time? It's a trick question because all of you at some point had a first time. How many of you came to the Living Room completely by yourself on your own the first time that you came? Yeah, a few of you. I don't ever want us to forget what it is like to show up for the very first time. Because that is terrifying and it is scary. And if we are saying that we want this place to be a place that is full of extravagant love, I think that it's gonna take us choosing to get out of our comfort zone 
and to recognize the people on the shuttle who maybe aren't sitting with anyone because they don't know anyone and to recognize the people who aren't sitting with anyone at dinner because they don't know anyone here to have dinner with. And if we want this place to be a home and we want this place to be a family, we're gonna have to choose to see the people that don't have a home and don't have a family. And we say a lot that we believe that church should be the safest place in the world, that it should be the safest place to have conversations. It should be the place where we feel the most connected, the place where we feel like we immediately belong. And I think for a lot of places that doesn't actually end up ever being true, but I want it to be true here. But in order for it to be true here, it's gonna take every single one of us to recognize the people here that we need to love. And maybe it's even choosing to take a step out of your comfort zone and to kind of pull away from your group of friends for a moment, to go talk to some people that you don't know, that we wouldn't just stay in our little circles, but that we would engage with everyone in the room. And on the second week, we talked about that we wanted this to be a family. And in order for this to be a family, it would take getting out of our rows and circling up together in community. And so what would it look like for you to possibly take a step into community? And now we talked about signing up for small groups and getting involved in a small group. And maybe you never took that step because that just did not sound fun to you to sit in a circle with people and talk about life. Maybe it was something that just felt uncomfortable to you and you weren't sure that you wanted to take that step. But now that you've been here for a couple weeks, now that you've been around, you're wondering if maybe that's the step that you should take. And if I'm gonna be really, really honest It is not very hard to get girls to sign up for a small group to sit in a circle together and talk about life. Like, girls really love that idea a lot. Like, it's very easy to get girls to do that. It is very difficult to get guys to do that. And I don't totally know what that is because I'm not a guy, so I'm not in your brain. I don't understand it fully But it's pretty difficult to get guys to commit to that, to want to sit in a circle with people and talk about life. But I am telling you that what you will gain out of it is far better than whatever is holding you back from choosing to do it. And so maybe for you, it's choosing to take a step into community. Maybe it's actually choosing to take a step to sign up for a small group, to actually take that step of joining community. But maybe it's actually just taking the step of beginning to reach out and hang out with some other people in this room to actually begin to connect with the people around you. Because I'm telling you, when you choose to get real with a circle of people, when you choose to step out of your comfort zone, and when you choose to give of your time to a group of people, what you will benefit from it is far greater than whatever it is that's causing you to hesitate stepping in. And then last week, Matt talked about this idea of, hey, we think that this place is something that is far better experienced than it is explained. And that we want you to invite your friends. We want you to bring people into this. So what would it look like for you to possibly take a step in inviting your friends to come here? What would it look like to step out of your comfort zone, to talk to that friend that needs to be in the room, that you know needs to be here, but you are afraid to have the conversation and to actually give of your time to choose to invest in that relationship, to sit with them here, to eat dinner with them here, to bring them here to experience what is happening because you know that they need to be a part of the family because you know that they also need a home. What would it look like to take that step? And then lastly, what would it look like for you to take the step of serving? That in order to engage your heart, in order for your heart to become a part of what is happening here, what would it look like for you to choose to serve? 
And we have a couple ways for you to serve. We have our guest services team that greets people that walk in. We have our teams that promote on campus to let people know about what's happening here. But what would it look like for you to possibly take the step to engage your heart by serving, by actually getting involved in what is happening here? And I don't know which one you need to do. I don't know where you need to take your step, but what would it look like for you to begin to give something of yourself, to put something in, to sow generously into what is happening at the living room so that this becomes not only your home, but becomes a home for every single person that walks through our doors. Because this isn't just Matt's family. This isn't just my family. This isn't just everyone on the stage family. This is your family. And this is our family. And we want this place to feel like family. And we want this place to feel like home for every single person that walks through our doors. We want them to feel acceptance. We want them to feel belonging. We want them to feel like they are connected. And that is only going to happen if every single one of us choose to play our part. If we choose to get our heart a part of what is happening here, if we choose to give something of ourselves in order for this place to not only be home for us, but to be home for every single person that walks through our doors. And so as we close tonight, we're gonna sing this song called Pieces. And the song is just simply about the fact that God does not give his heart in pieces. And I think that that might actually be one of the most powerful and beautiful characteristics of God. That no matter what, that we can be secure, that we know that we're accepted, that we know we belong, that we know that we are connected, that we know we are loved simply because we know that God has given us his full heart not a piece of his heart, not a portion of his heart, but he has given us his entire heart. And we believe there's a lot of hope in that. We believe there's a lot of power in that. And we want people to know that and experience that when they come here, that when they walk through our doors, that they would experience a God who does not give his heart in pieces. But in order for it to feel that way, in order for this place to be that kind of place, it is going to take every single one of us choosing to love the people that walk through our doors, choosing to get into community with each other, choosing to invite our friends and choosing to serve the place that we call home. And so as we sing this song, as we close the night, I would just love for each of us to just think on the question, what do I have? What can I give to make this a home? What can I give to make this a home? Tonight, what is it that you can give? Can you give another night of your week to step into community? Can you give up some of your comfort to invite a friend that you know needs to be here? Can you give of your time and attention by choosing to love every person that walks through our doors? Can you choose to get here a little bit earlier so that you can serve and you can be a part of what is happening at the living room? What is it that you can give to not only make this a home for you, but to make it a home for everybody that walks through our doors? God, we thank you that you are a God um, who does not give your heart in pieces. God, that you have given us your full attention, that in you is full acceptance and you is full belonging. God, in you, we are fully loved. And God, I pray that this would be a place that is known for that. 
God, I pray that we would be a place who would be willing um, to give, that would be willing to sow generously in order for this to feel like a home for every single person that walks through our doors. So God, we love you. And we thank you so much for who you are. And Jesus is in your powerful and holy name that we pray. Amen.